GM, GM. Hey, it's Sunday. It's the Sunday Baldism Sash. I'm CD Demisio. Uh, you know, I'm here to talk about baldism. I'm joined by my alter ego, Mr. Rourke, which is also me. I see uh, somebody just popped in for a second, and that's cool. <laughs> you should come back. All right. Well, as usual, this is the way the Sunday Sunday sash works. So I'm going to talk about a few things that I want to talk about for a few minutes. Uh, you know, which are about baldism, about BJ, about uh, different things. And then I'm going to open it up to the community. If the community shows up, you guys come up on the stage um, and we talk story. You know, we spend about an hour. I'll, I'll spend between 10 and 20 minutes talking about what I want to talk about at the beginning. Just things I think are important for baldists and baldism people to know. First of all, I hope you guys all had a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrated it, or a happy Black Friday if you went and did that. Today is a different day. Today is Buy Nothing Day. And by Buy Nothing, it means don't spend any money. Don't support the system of exploitation that exists uh, in our civilization. Don't buy anything today. So Buy Nothing Day is what this is. And it's an official holiday in the Baldism religion. If you're interested in knowing about our other fun holidays, you know, we've got Graffiti Day coming up, which is a day that you go out and you make Bald Jesus graffiti or any kind of graffiti, really, and you celebrate with family and friends. We've got the year-end celebrations coming up. We've got all kinds of stuff that is that happens. We've got the funnest holidays. We've got Ukulele Day, where you play ukulele and share ukulele with other people. We've got... Uh, Bonfire Day, where you have bonfires, potluck day, you know, these are like important kinds of holidays. These aren't like go buy a bunch of expensive candy and support the consumerist economy. That's not what we're talking about. By the way, happy buy nothing day. <laughs> but I also want to point out an article that I posted in the Baldism Discord this morning by Douglas Rushkoff. He's the author of Team Human and a bunch of other uh, books that look at the way that our society has gone wrong. You know, the question is, we could be living in a utopia. We have everything that we need to be living in a utopia, but instead we're sort of all funneled and channeled into living in this kind of consumerist, exploitive, war-torn hell um, that offers a lot of nice things as well. I gotta say, like, there, there are definitely some... The alternative to being alive in our civilization is not great the you know the civilization we have gives us much better opportunities and lives than the lives that people before us had but and this is an important but it could be so much better it really could be we have everything that we need to actually be living in a in a paradise and for some reason we allow these people who want to exploit and take things we allow them to sort of like guide us and so this article by Rushkoff, which I, I posted in the general chat of the Baldism Discord, is talking about the billionaire class. And in Baldism, you know, if you guys have read the Holy Bidjible, the Bidjible, then you have seen the part where it says, uh, you know, billionaires are an affront to the creator. And it's all tongue-in-cheek. There's only one rule in Baldism. Don't be a dick. But the point of that is that essentially being a billionaire while there's other people that are starving, while there's other people that are just suffering, while there's other people that can't get clean water or clean air or food or medical attention is about the most obscene thing that could possibly be, you know? So Rushkoff's article goes into 
looking at the billionaire class and the mindset that kind of drives them and how they're they're basically like they're billionaire frat bros essentially with the with the mindset that goes with that if you're a frat bro it's okay just don't be a dick you know but these guys kind of just by their their actions sort of are dicks and they're trying to colonize other planets they're trying they're you know using their profits to take themselves in a space race and like challenging each other to cage matches like the billionaires we have are not <laughs> not great um so you guys may have seen at uh, vagabond.scent.co i've been releasing a series of ai generated artworks based on billionaires and exploitation and these are the illuminati that they're the real Illuminati. So I've been releasing those uh, gradually, a little bit at a time. There's a few of them available right now. Uh, of course, Taylor Swift right now is the most expensive Illuminati that you could you could purchase, and uh, there's only two of them. <laughs> so, there's always two. There's always two. It's not just one. It's two. All right. So talking about the billionaires and why billionaires are an affront to all true baldists. I feel like that was an important way to start, along with Buy Nothing Day, which is another important event and mindset that we should talk about. And then I also want to talk about the fact that spiritual development is something that you need to be focused on. As humans, spiritual development fulfills a specific role for us, and I'm not exactly sure what that role is, but the whole reason that baldism exists is because traditional religion, as we know it, is dying. It's disappearing. People are waking up to the fact that it's been used as an exploitation. Religion has been decreasing, decreasing, decreasing for many years. So if you want to have those religions, go ahead. If you want to be, you know... A Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or a Scientologist or whatever, that's fine. As long as you recognize the fact that that process is being used to exploit you, to control you, and the other members of whatever flock you might happen to belong to. So, use the tools, but also have the understanding. But but the point of baldism is that as religion disappears something is going to come fill it. And I've talked about this plenty before, you know. The the whole genesis of baldism was essentially me seeing social media and, you know, TikTok in particular, um, when it was becoming super viral in 2020 and, like, changing the way that people were doing everything. I saw this filling the traditional role of religion. And I think that the traditional role of religion, I think the reason why religion is important is because it it helps us to define our baseline values and it helps us to understand bigger concepts than what is exactly right in front of our face. So the role of religion is more than just logic because logic would dictate if you have an apple and you're hungry, eat it. But then religious, religious thought and religious feeling, you know, ethics, the philosophy of ethics would essentially say, like, if there's other people that are hungry, you should share the apple. That's the ethics. What religion does is it, it sort of codifies that and it puts a little bit of a stick behind the carrot. So I've got carrots and apples now and a stick, but we're just going to mash them all into like a carrot apple mash. Um, okay, so what religion does is it puts a stick in our mind. It gives our mind our conscious mind, 
a stick that it can stop the subconscious mind. It can say, oh, wait, we need to do this because of this, because our subconscious mind is so powerful. It's so powerful, and it really needs to be empowered against, or it needs to be disempowered against our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is the part of us that goes like, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. This works, this doesn't work. Our subconscious mind just basically says, I want, I need, yeah, I get. That's the subconscious mind. So giving the conscious mind a tool to appease or to to cow down even the subconscious mind is really important. And I feel like that is the true function of why humans have developed this need, this place inside our brains, inside our spirits, inside our consciousness that allows us to be religious in the first place. Does that make sense? I hope it does. I'm talking a little bit off the cuff here, so it may not make complete sense. I'm just going to rehash it. Religion fills an important role in humans. That role is to build the conscience, right? Not the cautious, conscious, but the conscience. The conscience that says, like, oh, this... And, and also to empower that conscience, okay? The, the angels that stand on either shoulder, good and bad. Religion gives us the tool to say, okay, I should listen to the good angel and not to the bad angel. Religion's dying in our society. The, the angels have nowhere to look. They're basically the bad angel, which is your subconscious, is always going to uh, always gonna win if there's nothing to turn to to empower the conscious mind. So the point of baldism and the point of all religion is to empower the conscious mind. But the extra point of baldism is to do that without empowering external forces and giving them control systems over individuals. So all the power needs to come from you. There is no guru. I'm not a guru. I'm not an authority. There is no authority. There is no guru. It's just you, and it needs to come from within you. But you have to have a baseline to set in order for that to work. And the simplest baseline that I saw that could replace everything that everyone knows is don't be a dick. So we're back to that again. And that's the function. The function of baldism is to remind you, don't be a dick, and to give your conscious mind the power to say, uh, that's a dick move, I'm not going to do it. We're all going to fail, we all do, but there's that. Uh, I was digging around in some old papers that I had um, this week, and I found some quotes, and I don't know where they came from. I don't even know if there actually are quotes or <laughs> insights that I had, so so I can't. I didn't write attribution, but these are these are close to twenty years old, and I thought that these were really interesting, and I wanted to share them with you guys. In particular, if nobody's um, nobody's here, and I have a little bit of extra time, I'll just share these, and then we'll close out the the Baldism Sunday sesh after this. So before I do that, uh, I won't be here the next two weeks. The next two weeks, I will be at a 10-day silent uh, retreat, meditation retreat. So so I won't be here the next two Sundays because I'm going to be meditating for 10 days without speaking, without talking. I'm really nervous about it. I've never done this. I meditate, but I've never meditated on that high of a level in that, you know, sort of a formalized structure. So that's going to be really interesting. And I'll, I'll let you guys know how it goes when I get back. So. There will be no Sunday session unless uh, unless someone else wants to run it while I'm gone. But 
the water cooler in the Baldism Discord is open. It's an open voice chat. If you guys want to gather and meet at the water cooler while I'm gone, please go right ahead. It's like that's the point of the Sunday sesh is for us to talk to each other vocally and to get to know each other. So please take some time while I'm away just to have your own Sunday sesh. So that being said, here are a couple of interesting quotes that I can't attribute but I'm pretty sure that they, they weren't born out of my head. But if they were, they were you know born from other ideas and things that I'd read and seen and, and done. So the first one is this. If soul is an ocean of which all living things are a part, then the explosion of population in humans and the decimation and decline of other creatures makes sense in a reincarnation sense. We humans are at a standstill, and other species progress to our form, but we do not. Our sickness and false culture stops progression back to the seat of the soul, and this balance is destroyed. That's probably from me. That sounds like a meditative thought. Um, but again, these are from 20 years ago, so they might have come from somewhere else. This one is, is interesting. Morning chanting is devotion. Evening chanting is gratitude. And between is remembrance and strength. And what that means is we can change chanting to meditation. 20 years ago, I was, I was mostly chanting for my meditation. but Today, uh, I mostly do a silent meditation. So morning meditation is devotion. Evening meditation is gratitude. And between is remembrance and strength. And what that means is in the morning, you should, you should chant for devotion. And through the day, that should give you strength. That should give you also, um, you should also remember that devotion. And then in the evening, you've made it through the day and you, you get to have a remembrance of the day and strength because you are grateful for that. Uh, here's another one. God is in everything, is everything. There is no God. Only God is. This, this phrase sounds so awesome that I can't imagine that it was born from me. It had to come from some ancient holy man somewhere. There is no God. Only God is. Love this. I mean, think about it. If you write it down, it really, like, there is no God, only God is. And that's pretty awesome. If if I came up with that, then it was inspiration from the divine, for sure, you know, or universe, or, you know, the progression of, of man and consciousness. This is another one about meditation. The contemplation of God makes life bearable and relieves all distress. God does not require ritual or ceremony, but man orders his life in this way. And thus, it is good to engage in orderly contemplation. And I want to talk about this idea of, I keep saying God, but essentially when I think of God, what I'm thinking of is, the, is the, the, really the, the Hindu yoga form of God, which is everything, the totality, the completeness of the universe, every single aspect and piece of the universe, that's God. And what we see is, you know, our perception of our reality, which is just a tiny little bit. So the contemplation of the connectedness of the, the big is of everything, that is what makes life bearable and leaves all distress because it puts us in our place in the universe. It shows us where we are. The universe doesn't need ritual or ceremony, but when we use it to order our life, it is good and it it helps us to engage in this kind of orderly contemplation. So don't be scared off by the word God. Um, you know, I'm not talking about some bearded old white dude in the sky with a lab coat or something. Okay, here's another one. 
Faith is the key to freedom from traps and terrors of this world. The liberation from the illusion of desire lies in contemplation and belief in this totality of the universe. Okay, so so all that faith is, people have these weird ideas about faith, like faith is like you believe something with no evidence. But all faith is is understanding that there's things you can't have evidence for. You can't have evidence of the totality of the universe. You know, we, we don't have evidence for like, you know, dark matter accounts for something like 60% of the universe, maybe a larger number. But we don't we don't have evidence to support that because we can't see it. We can't say this is what this is, but it's what we we suppose. It's what it's the most logical explanation for it, right? So faith is just understanding. Even faith in science is like, okay, there's things that we don't understand and this is how we can comprehend them. That one's that one's not so strong as, as the other one, but I do want to share the rest of this one. Uh, and again, using the word God as the totality of the of, of the of everything that you can see, not see, sense, not sense. All is good, for it is all God. To fight against this truth is the root of all suffering. One must strive for improvement while accepting that which is. A seemingly impossible task, and yet essential to understanding. So what it's saying is, when you fight against the idea that the universe is like this huge, incomprehensible totality, when you like, when your ego says, no, I'm all that exists, well, your ego is creating the situation that's going to give you suffering by that. Because it's a big, lonely universe if you're all that exists. So you have to strive for improvement, and you have to accept the reality of what is. And here's something else that is. Suffering, pain, and despair are useful. They're as useful as riches, love, and fame. This is a hard one to remember because when you're suffering, when you're in pain, you're in despair, it's really difficult to look at that as something that's positive and good. It's, it's almost impossible, but you can do it because these are a gift. These are giving you the chance to improve, to grow, to become the best version of yourself, to become the future version of yourself, to become the ultimate version of yourself. So suffering, pain, and despair are a gift from the universe, just as riches, love, and fame are. So we all strive for riches, love, and fame because those things feel good. But suffering, pain, and despair also have value. And while I don't think that we should strive for suffering, pain, and despair, we should probably embrace them a little more when they come to our lives. And then there's this one. Death is the end of all living things, great or small. We're all going to die in this life, and there is no escaping. That's the truth. Um, but we don't know what happens after we die. We don't know how we become part of whatever it is that might exist beyond us. And just a few more of these, you guys. Our actions and our deeds are what this life is made of, and so we're accountable for them. Not in heaven after we die, but in this life. Our actions and our deeds, we are accountable for them. And we should all remember that. We should remember that we're accountable in our minds, in our perception of ourselves. Our actions and our deeds are what this life is made of. And we have to be accountable for them. Now, so if the totality is the thing, God or the universal, then what we're experiencing as individuals looking at it, 
as what we're experiencing when we look at the world through our human eyes instead of through bug eyes, for example, is what the Hindus call Maya. Maya is illusion. The Buddhists call, call it Maya as well. So Maya is the illusion that what we see is actually what exists. And it's so the Maya of this world is fleeting, but the drunkenness born of devotion and knowledge of death and pleasures that fill the dark are pleasures that fill the darkest parts of the soul. So if you can keep the fact that the universe is this astoundingly complex thing that you can't understand, can't comprehend, can't see, can't touch, can't feel, but are a part of, and you can also recognize the fact that your existence itself is going to come to an end, these are jewels. These are pleasures that fill the darkest parts of your soul. So it seems weird that death and the knowledge of death would be something that is a positive, but it is. I've seen something recently, which is these stoic calendars that list, you know, the number of weeks that the average human lives, and you cross them out and you see like, oh my God, like it's not long. It puts it in perspective. That's the knowledge of death that we're talking about, that your time here is not guaranteed. It could end today. Mine could end today. Um, just don't know. So true attachments exist beyond death, but false attachments of this world are broken with death's hand. So. I can't really speak to that one. True attachments exist beyond death. Um, we can hope so. I mean, you know, we can hope that beyond death, the, the true attachments, they, they last. But the ones in this world, they're broken the moment that we die. So, you know, as much as you love your car, your connection with it is going to be gone the minute that you're dead. Maybe not the connection that you have with you know, the living thing that you love. Maybe that continues on. I don't know. That one That one doesn't speak to me as much as some of the other ones. Uh, let's see, just two more here. To spend one's time appreciating the work and beauty of all of creation is to obtain truth and contentment. And this is this goes down to a lot of the Baldism uh, core recommendations. You know, get outside, meditate, enjoy nature, exercise, walk, you know, spend time outdoors looking at clouds, looking at leaves, looking at trees, looking at spider webs. Do all of this stuff because when you look, really look and are conscious with the work and the beauty of everything that exists, then it really does just bring a truth and contentment. And if you don't believe this, just go somewhere quiet outdoors where you can sit and look at the clouds and watch the wind blowing in the trees without being disturbed for a while, and you will feel that truth and contentment that comes from that. You will. You know this is true. And this is the last one. And this one uh, this one sounds like it came, comes from some Buddhist text or something, but the four fires of violence, greed, attachment, and wrath must be extinguished in order to overcome the ego. So the ego has four tools, four fires, that really keep us from growing, keep us from being happy, keep us from being content, keep us from being what it is that we want to be and desire to be and can be. And those those are violence, greed, attachment, and wrath. Okay, so violence is, you know, look at the world. When people use violence, it essentially like is a it's a last resort of their ego to solve a problem and it doesn't work. Greed, uh, back to the billionaires again, you know, how much is enough? 
How can you sit and eat a, you know, a $10,000 hamburger? Well, somewhere a kid is dying because they don't have a 50 cent bottle of water. Which, I don't know about $10,000 hamburgers, but the other side of that is 100% true. And I promise they're eating something that costs $10,000 and they don't care. Attachment, go back to that car again, back to, you know, all of the things that Maya, that you're, that you're misunderstanding in this world as belonging to you, that's attachment. What really belongs to you is nothing that you can touch, taste, or smell, unless it's the moment that you're touching, tasting, and smelling them. That moment does belong to you. And wrath, of course, is the last, the last bastion of the ego. You know, we get angry, and it's no surprise that as soon as we get angry, the part of our brain that actually thinks and discerns and contemplates and uh, exists, the conscious part of our brain becomes much less powerful when we're wrathful and angry. So, if you want to overcome your ego, meditation's a pretty good place to start. And finding ways to get past the violence, the greed, attachment, and the wrath of this world, that's that's a good place to be. Well, I went a little longer than expected, you guys. I guess I had some things to say, but you won't have to hear me for the next couple of weeks. So you can break this up into three sessions if you want to. However, you I just want you to know that I appreciate the baldism community. I appreciate baldism. I don't know where baldism will go in the future. I don't know what's going to happen with it. You know, nothing could happen with it. It could just be one of those things that disappears. But just coming here, having this place to share these things, being able to share them and with you or even to clarify in my own mind that I am actually following that creed of stop doing bad things, start doing good things and help others stop doing bad things and start doing good things. That's all I'm trying to do here. I hope you guys have a great next couple of weeks, and I look forward to talking with all of you when I get back. Aloha.